Welcome in. It is episode five of the Jones Report postgame report. Tyler Jones here with you. So glad to have you with us today. Coming up on today's show, we'll look back at the weekend that was in the National Football League as well as in the Big 12 Conference and the NBA Finals. LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers have an NBA title, the first together. We'll talk about all that and more coming up on today's show. And the way that we start out the postgame report here every Monday is with a simple question. What did I learn this weekend? And I got to say, what I learned is that the Chiefs are human. It was a reality check of sorts this past weekend as the Chiefs suffered a 40-32 loss to the Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday the Chiefs' first loss in 13 games. First time the Raiders have won at Arrowhead since 2012. It's been a minute since that occurred. And now the Chiefs start out the year 4-1. and one. Now, you know, there's a couple things to digest in all this here. One of those being that, you know, the Chiefs were going to lose eventually. I know that there's some folks out there that are you know, convinced that, hey, this Chiefs team had a chance to go undefeated, that this was going to happen, you know, that they had all the talent, they were just going to be better than everybody that they played. But that just simply was not reality that the Chiefs were going to go undefeated. It wasn't even worth talking about till this team potentially got the double-digit wins. So you, you dissect that for a minute and just say, okay, take a step back, take a step back. Um... But it wasn't just that of ending those hopes of going undefeated for the Chiefs. It was the way that the Raiders won. You see, I think after five games, if you would have told me that the Chiefs were going to be 4-1, and one, I would have assumed, okay, maybe the Patriots, maybe the Ravens, heck, maybe even the Texans knocked off the Chiefs in that stretch. I would not have said that the Raiders would have been the ones to do it. And so that's one thing that stands out in all this here is, yes, the Raiders are a legit football team. Now they have wins over the Saints and the Chiefs. They're 3-2. and Watch out. Very impressed with the job that John Gruden's done. And the mentality that they took into Kansas City, that they were not going to be bullied, that they were not afraid of the Chiefs. They had nothing to lose. And... The Chiefs, you're the Super Bowl champions. Whether you think of yourselves as that or not, every team that plays the Kansas City Chiefs from this point forward is going to look at them and say, that's the defending champs. We have to put our best effort out there, and we have to go take down the champs. And that's exactly what you saw from the Raiders. They played an A-A-plus game. And John Gruden straight up said, I respect Andy Reid, but I hate the Kansas City Chiefs. Those are his words. And the Chiefs kind of underestimated Derek Carr, wouldn't you say? Um, Derek Carr, traditionally speaking, has not played well at Arrowhead. The guy is what? uh, You know, he hadn't won a game there in his entire career. His touchdown-to-interception ratio was just atrocious. Uh, there at Arrowhead. The Chiefs did not respect Derek Carr. And what do you know, Derek Carr puts together a 347-yard performance for three touchdowns and one interception. 
um, Derek Carr was phenomenal. He outplayed Patrick Mahomes. That's not something we say too often. And the other factor in all this, too, that's so fascinating about this Raiders win over the Chiefs is that the Raiders did it by beating the Chiefs at their own game. Go back to 2019. The teams that beat the Kansas City Chiefs tried to wear out clock, run the football, play that ball control style of football. And it worked for the Colts and the Packers and the Titans and and those guys. And the 49ers almost won the Super Bowl that way by playing ball control football. But the Raiders said, no, no, no. No, we're going to go pound for pound, toe for toe with the Kansas City Chiefs. And it worked. The Chiefs gave up way too many big plays. They had too many penalties. They were undisciplined. And you had a few injuries here and there. I know that you were playing with some different offensive linemen that you weren't used to and such. I get that. Totally get that. But those were things that the Chiefs should not have let happen. I think going forward, you look at this Chiefs team and you see what went down. The two things that cost them the most, and Andy Reid will be the first to tell you this, penalties and giving up the big plays. I think that you look going forward with those two things, the silver lining in all this is that they're fixable. And what losses do, I know everybody loves to go, you know, undefeated, win as many games as possible. But the one good thing about a loss is it exposes your weaknesses. And what we found out about the Chiefs were that they're prone to giving up too many big plays and too many penalties. But what's good for the Chiefs is those things are fixable. The penalties can be cleaned up very quickly. It's just a matter of slapping somebody on the ass and say, you know, get it together. Listen to the snap count. Don't hold. Put your hands up where they're supposed to be. That type of thing, you're fine. The big plays, you make some adjustments in coverage. Um, You know, that can be dealt with. That can be fine. In fact, Bashad Breeland had an interception. You know, Juan Thornhill's had a good year. Tyron Matthews back there. I'm not overly concerned. The thing that we've seen from the Chiefs before Sunday was their ability to rush four gave some help to the backside defense. Now, essentially, with the Chiefs, what you have to do going forward is go back to that. You don't want to give up the big plays? Well, go back to winning at the line of scrimmage. And the fact is, the Raiders were beating them at the line of scrimmage. I know that doesn't sound good, but that's the truth. And so, I know that it's kind of a rabbit trail of sorts, but you were giving up big plays because you were getting beat at the line of scrimmage. Not getting pressure on Derek Carr, like you would be accustomed to seeing. You You know how many sacks the Chiefs got yesterday? A total of one. Now, that might be good enough to get the buy one, get one at McDonald's, but that's not good enough to win football games in the National Football League. So, that to me, while we mention not giving up big plays and point to the secondary, it all circles back to the defensive line. You have to be able to get pressure and rush with four to help out that secondary because you know you have a weakness in the secondary. Um, The other thing, too, last point on the Chiefs is the run game. When I was scouting this game 
for the Chiefs. One of the things I looked at was, wow, they should be able to run the football. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire could have a big day. He had a couple of nice runs to open up the game. I think his first two carries were for a total of 35 yards in the first quarter. But then after that, they kind of got away from the run game. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire only had 10 carries for 40 yards, had a four-yard average, and that was it for Clyde. They just abandoned the run game completely. Um, Look, I love Patrick Mahomes just as much as anybody, but you win games in this league running the football. You still have to run. You have to depend more on your running game, especially when you go to the second half and the Chiefs' offense went MIA, went missing in action. Why didn't they go back to basics of running the football? So that's the things I point to. When I look back at this Chiefs loss in the what did I learn? We learned that the Chiefs are human. And the reason why is they didn't run the football, they gave up too many big plays, and they committed too many penalties. But I look at all three of those aspects, and you know what? That can be worked on. That can be okay if you're the Kansas City Chiefs. So that's uh, where we look at going forward. Now you take on the Bills. And fortunately, we found out that the game is being pushed back to Monday night, which is the best news the Chiefs could have. If you're the Chiefs, you don't want to be playing on a short week going to Buffalo, making that trip, and having to prepare for maybe the second-best team in the AFC in a short week like that. Um, not ideal. But now you got a week to get ready. The Bills are going to play on Tuesday. They're going to have less time to get ready. That's great for the Chiefs in this scenario, to take that time that they need to reset, reevaluate, and go from here. I'm not concerned about this Chiefs team. They're going to be just fine. They were bound to lose eventually to somebody. And now you have some things to clean up. You move on from here. This team's going to be okay. There's no need to panic. No need. It's going to be okay. With that, let's move on to the rest of the National Football League. Thursday night, you had the Bears take on the Bucks. Man, the Bucks led this entire game. They have no excuse for not winning this one. Uh, nice drive there at the end of the game from Nick Foles to lead them to that field goal from Cairo Santos, former Chief, by the way. Uh, nice to see him get that uh, game winner with a minute 17 to go. And Brady's holding up the fours after fourth down already happened. Uh, the old man, is he getting senile? Can he not count anymore? My goodness. Uh, I like this Bucks team, but 3-2, and two, you start to wonder, eh, what's going on with the Bucks right now? They should be better than that. That's a game they should have won. There's no excuse. The Bears, meanwhile, you're 4-1. and one. And if you're the Bears, you're excited to be 4-1, and one, but at the same time, you're not going to go anywhere. The Bears aren't winning the Super Bowl. But they're not bad enough either where they're going to have a high draft pick. So, I mean, yeah, you're excited to be 4-1, but really, where are you going with that at this point? So, uh, that's kind of what the takeaways were from that one. The Bears could be a playoff team, but where where do you go after that? Like, okay, fine. Now you're going to pick 25th instead of picking, you know, top five or something like that? Uh, Who knows? They still got to re-sign Allen Robinson, too. The Steelers uh, defeat the Eagles 38-29. Big-time win for the Steelers. They're 4-0. People need to stop sleeping on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Chase Claypool. This guy was phenomenal. Oh, my gosh. Four touchdown receptions. 
and he's a rookie. If you're the Steelers, don't even bother about Juju of giving him a new contract. They got a star in Claypool now. I was so impressed with the performance he put together. And the other thing that if you like if you're the Steelers is that your defense has been playing great, don't get me wrong, through those next several, through the last few games. But with the Steelers, the thing has been their offense has been, eh, okay, you know, not bad, not great either, good enough. That performance on Sunday, the Steelers' offense said, hey, we have arrived. We can put up a lot of points. Granted, the Eagles aren't a very good football team. They're very banged up and such. But nonetheless, a great performance from the Steelers. The Eagles are just a dumpster fire. They're a hot mess. Uh, Carson Wentz, another two-interception game. What happened to Carson Wentz? He hasn't been the same quarterback. He's fallen apart. Um, I don't know how much longer the Eagles can take Carson Wentz at this level. Something has to change and has to change quickly. Fortunately for them, they're in such an awful division that uh, they might not be out of it as uh, far as that goes. Pittsburgh, I like what I've seen from Big Ben. Uh, I mean, he's off to a good start to this year and given some new life to the Steelers. Um, watch out, Steelers at 4-0. They're one of the better teams in the AFC. They're not a pretender either by any means. Uh, how about this? Uh, the Panthers beat the Falcons. Three straight wins for Teddy Bridgewater and company. Matt Rule has done a terrific job there in Carolina. And I told you on Thursday's show, this game was going to come down to coaching. Any day, give me Matt Rule over uh, Dan Quinn. The Falcons may be the more talented team, but I like the coaching a whole lot better. And sure enough, Matt Rule coached a great game. Uh, He put Teddy Bridgewater in a good position. The Falcons, another loss, even with 100-plus yards from Todd Gurley and over 100 yards from Calvin Ridley, they couldn't get points. They couldn't score when it mattered. That's why Dan Quinn's out of a job, and rightfully so. Dan Quinn has not been the same coach since he lost uh, Kyle Shanahan to the 49ers. Things haven't been the same. So, um, you know, not surprised with that outcome. Long time coming. The Falcons should have hired Quinn, should have fired Quinn a long time ago. Uh, good riddance if you're a Falcons fan uh, to make that change. Panthers, this was a team that many thought were going to tank this year. A team that people thought were going to take a step back. But what do you know? Matt Rule's done a great job. So very happy for Carolina to be in this position. Big win for the Cardinals over the Jets. Jets are just bad. Adam Gase is somehow still employed at 0-5. And uh, Kyler Murray had a big day. He and Hopkins. That has been a match made in heaven, those two. Kyler Murray had nearly 400 yards passing. And uh, Hopkins had a big game. Six catches, 131 yards, and one touchdown. Watch out. Arizona, that team is coming together. They are getting better every week. Uh, That offense is a lot of fun. Uh, I'm excited about their future and what they do. The Jets... Um, why wait on fire and Adam Gase? Why not just go ahead and pull the plug right now? Uh, the Rams defeat the football team out of Washington, 30-10. to 10. Uh, First off, very happy for Alex Smith. How awesome was that, that Alex Smith got to come back and got to play in this game? Kyle Allen got to start, and Alex Smith was uh, designated as the number two quarterback going in. And just to see him get on that field was the best thing I saw yesterday. 
Uh, that was a moment that we can all cherish and love of just seeing Alex Smith be able to play football again. That was terrific. But the Rams, um, don't be sleeping on the Rams at 4-1. and one. That's an excellent football team. And the Rams might even win the NFC. That's not a stretch to say. Their defense with Aaron Donald and company, man, I had to. I lost my breath there for a second when I saw Aaron Donald sack Alex Smith. Like, oh, hold on, don't break him. Um, but you know that defense is so good. The offense, the Rams has looked a lot better than they did last year. Still got to figure out that running back situation. I know they got Cam Akers back. That was big. Um, but they would like to have some more consistency with their backfield. But nonetheless, Rams looking good with that thirty to ten win. The Ravens uh, beat the Bengals 27-3. One of the things I told you about the Ravens after that Chiefs game was that the Ravens have an easy schedule. Um, This is one of those things. You get the Bengals twice a year. um, The Bengals just aren't good. Besides Joe Burrow, um, you know, they they have a couple guys, Joe Burrow, Mixon, and A.J. Green, and then that's about it. And Mixon struggled running the football. He had 24 carries, only 59 yards. The Ravens played so well defensively. Um, You have to like what you saw from the Ravens, what they put together on defense. Um, Good win there, took care of business, and the Ravens are 4-1. They're just fine. The Texans beat the Jaguars 30-14. One of the things I said on Thursday's show was, I said, watch out, this Texans team, Their first game without Bill O'Brien, which I'm sure a lot of that team was anticipating for that day to come, finally, when they would have freedom from Bill O'Brien, they got the freedom. And they were excited, ecstatic, and played great. 30-14 win over Jacksonville. Jacksonville is not very good. I get that. But you still got to see... Deshaun Watson throw for 360 yards. Brendan Cooks has 160 yards receiving. That was a big day. And it was kind of refreshing for Houston because it was like the start of a new era of sorts. Um, So they certainly have to be pleased with how they played against Jacksonville. Both teams are well out of contention at this point. But if you're Houston, um, it's like like you're celebrating, uh, you know, just the the passing of the torch, somebody just moving on of some sort. It's definitely exciting for Houston. The Dolphins beat the 49ers 43-17. Fitz magic, people. 22-28, of 350 yards and three touchdowns. The Niners are very banged up. I mean, there's no hiding that for this Niners team, just how uh, shorthanded that they are. Um, but what a job by the Dolphins. What I've been saying about the Dolphins they're a good, bad team. This team's not ready to contend at a high level just yet, but they're getting better, and they're putting in the pieces to grow for their future, and that was a big day. Um, You know, Tua, let him sit there and learn and watch. You know you're not doing anything this year, Miami. Let him learn from a veteran like uh, Fitzpatrick, and certainly it's paying off to this point. Um, I like what I saw from the Dolphins. Uh, That was a big-time win. Garoppolo got the start, but he still didn't look quite 100%. He had two picks. He got benched for Beathard. Um, Bad day for the Niners. I think the Niners are done at this point. Right off the Niners, their division's too tough for them to come come back. Um, Yeah, they might be the defending NFC champions, but I think they're done. 
Um, how about the Colts and the Browns? The Browns have won four straight. Four and one now after a 32-23 win over the Colts. And uh, the Browns, if you recall, were the underdogs going into this game. But, man, Kevin Stefanski has fixed Baker Mayfield, folks. Um, you know, they've done a really good job of running the football to open up the passing game. They're not trying to force Baker Mayfield to throw it 50 times. He threw it 37 times, don't get me wrong. But they're running the ball well. Kareem Hunt had a nice day, 72 yards on the ground. Um, you know, Baker did a great job of getting Landry, Beckham, Hooper, all those guys involved here. Great showing from the Browns. And now you take on the Steelers this upcoming week. You got a great game coming up. The Browns are legit. Uh, Stefanski deserves a lot of credit for fixing Baker and getting this team uh, in good position. I like what the Browns are doing. The Colts, look, you're only going to go so far with Phillip Rivers. Um, And I think that they're seeing now why did they pay so much money to Phillip Rivers that it's costing them. Um, That just never made sense from the jump. Cowboys and Giants. Cowboys win 37-34. Nice uh, last-second field goal there to get the victory. But I got to tell you, you got to feel bad for Dak Prescott. He suffers that ankle injury. That was just nasty to watch. Um, You know, Dak deserves to get paid. He should be getting his check from somebody. I don't know if it's the Cowboys or who it is. Um, But that's, that's why you try to take care of things why you want to get that contract so you, you don't have those situations where you're not uncertain about your future if that money's coming in. I feel so bad for him. Um, and I don't know if he's going to play the rest of this year or not. Fortunately for them, Andy Dalton is a very capable backup. He played very well filling in for uh, Dak Prescott there. The Giants, this was the best game they've played all season. I know they're 0-5 and they lost this game. But they showed some promise. Daniel Jones, he made plays. Um, Joe Judge called a good game. Eventually, at the end of the day, there was just too much horsepower. The Cowboys were just too much talented. So, Cowboys are 2-3. and three. They're not going anywhere. I mean, I know that they're in first place in their division now, but, you know, they're complete frauds. Nobody's counting on Dallas to do anything. Um, but I come away from this game, I'm feeling for Dak of that injury, and then on the Giants' end of things, you feel like, okay, yeah, they're bad, but at least they're improving. You can see that improvement there. Sunday night football, a hell of a game between the Seahawks and the Vikings. The Seahawks win 27-26. to As far as I'm concerned, can we just put the Seahawks on Sunday night football every week? Because every time the Seahawks are on Sunday night at CenturyLink, it is must-see TV, incredible game. Seahawks are down 13 to nothing at halftime. And I put a tweet out there and I said, so how does Kirk Cousins, uh, you know, screw this one away? How is he going to let this one go? And, I mean, within minutes of that third quarter, the Seahawks rattle off 21 points and just looked great. Um, and then, you know, the, the Vikings get back into it and... Why did Mike Zimmer, in that final possession, that second-to-last possession they had, why wouldn't you kick the field goal? You go up by eight, at the very least, you force overtime. 
And what do you know? Seattle didn't make that two-point conversion. You win that game, essentially, at that point. As much as I like to rip Kirk Cousins for as much as he chokes on the big stage and in prime time, this loss falls on Mike Zimmer. Kirk Cousins played fine. He had a good game. Um, It's not his fault they chose to run the ball on fourth and one instead of going for that field goal. They should have kicked the field goal. They should have won this game. But Russell Wilson, you heard him say pregame that he thinks that DK Metcalf is the next Jerry Rice and he hopes he's the next Joe Montana. And you know what? They looked like Rice and Montana out there. DK was phenomenal making some big catches and some big plays. Um, You know, Russell Wilson, I don't think this guy gets enough credit for how good he is and the clutch gene this guy has. Um, There wasn't a doubt in my mind that Russell Wilson wasn't going to go down that field and get that touchdown and go take the lead. That's the power he has. That's the confidence, the leader that Russell Wilson is and why he's the MVP favorite. Seahawks are 5-0. and They're not getting much help from their defense. Don't get me wrong there. Their defense isn't looking too good. So much for the Legion of Boom. But Russell Wilson is getting his team over the edge. I love it. I love Russ. I love DK Metcalf. Let me buy all the stock. I wish we could buy stock in athletes. Because if we could, uh, I would buy all the stock in DK Metcalf right now, folks. Um, he is uh, something else. A couple more games we got this weekend. Tonight, Chargers take on the Saints. This game in New Orleans. Uh, they were talking about playing it in Indianapolis, but it looks like that hurricane's passed. So the game will go on as planned in New Orleans tonight. Look, I like what I've seen from Justin Herbert and the Chargers, even with their 1-3 and three record. Um, I'm not sure about Michael Thomas. I don't think he's going to be quite able to give it a go tonight, but I think the Saints should take care of business at home. They're 2-2 two and two right now. The Saints are desperate. They need to win, win this game. They need to keep pace with the Bucs. I like the Saints to uh, win this game at home. Tomorrow, the Bills take on the Titans. Bills are 4-0. Titans are 3-0. This is a primetime game on CBS. Two of the better teams in the AFC. Um, Buffalo looks so good. I've been impressed with Josh Allen. The thing with Josh Allen is that's changed compared to when he first entered the league is now the Bills are winning games because of Josh Allen, not in spite of Josh Allen. And the Titans, that 3-0 record, they have not impressed at all in that 3-0 stretch. Uh, It has been very close wins against some bad teams in that run, including the Broncos. And the Titans... This last week and a half of just being an embarrassment to the league with what they did, uh, holding those practices off-site, even though they were deliberately told not to, breaking protocols and all that. The NFL has said, look, COVID's going to happen, but outbreaks should not happen. We have put in the protocols to avoid this type of thing from going on. And the Titans still let it go on. Um, the Titans are a mess. The Bills, I think, are going to be fine. I like the Bills to win on the road. Josh Allen to have a nice game and really just tear apart that Titans team uh, defensively. So there you have it. That is our rundown through the National Football League for week number five. Man, 
Uh, another exciting week of NFL football, and we still have two more games to go. So how about that there? Let's uh, move on, transition to the Big 12. Let's start with that OU-Texas game. Oh, my gosh. This game, uh, what, what do you even say about this game? Um, Oklahoma wins 53-45. to And really, this, this one had no business going into overtime. Um, Lincoln Riley should have punted uh, after running the football instead of throwing it on that fourth down. It would have taken like a minute off the clock, and then Texas would not have had enough time to get a touchdown late in that game. And, and then there was numerous times you know, throughout the game where I think they had another, it was in the fourth quarter, um, it, it, where they had a, a chance to score. And... They're throwing the football instead of running it. Like, I'm watching this game. T.J. Pledger was terrific. You know, 131 yards on the ground. And I'm saying to myself, Lincoln, run the football. Spencer Rattler gets pulled at one point in this game. And we wondered, you know, we heard initially from the Fox broadcast it was due to injury and such, but turned out that he just got bent straight up. And they bring in Tanner Mordecai, and Mordecai plays all right. But that was a wake-up call to Rattler. And Rattler just turned it on from that point going forward. I was so impressed. And now, with Rattler, I know that there was you know, some uneasiness of sorts with the way that they had choked away the games against K-State and Iowa State. Now he's won over that fan base. He is that guy going forward, and he's won on the biggest of stages for OU against Texas in the Red River shootout. That was a big day for Rattler and his maturation process to pull that one out uh, to get the victory. I-, I loved what I saw from Spencer Rattler there in uh, that second half. And that run game for OU, they found their back in Pledger. They've been without a couple guys. Um, you know, they-, they, of course, lost Kennedy Brooks to the opt-out. Um, Sermon transferred to Ohio State. And now they finally got their guy. Um, OU played, uh, you know, this offense came through when they needed them to. Um, you know, Rattler is going to be fine. The run game's there. They're just a young football team. they got a long ways to go. Meanwhile, for Texas, Sam Ellinger laid everything out there. Um, he did. You know, he had that interception late in this game, but he led the comeback. He put Texas in a position there. Problem is, he doesn't have much help. Um, you know, he, he has four rushing touchdowns and 112 yards. And then close to 300 passing yards. Sam Ellinger was was it for Texas. The defense was atrocious. Uh, you know, the, the run game, other than him, was just not there. I feel for Sam Ellinger. I'm no Sam Ellinger fan. I think he's arrogant and cocky and annoying. Um, but you got to feel for him. That he laid everything out there and no one else was putting out the effort that he put out there for that Texas team. Um, I think that you look at this game, though, for, for OU, um, you know, knowing that they should have won this in regulation, that they were the better team, you win in four overtimes, that's big morale, but the injuries, the extra time you put out there, you got to have an ice bath. You got to have some time off for this next week. They need this bye week, very much so, this Oklahoma team does. Um, you know... Their defense is pitiful. Both these defenses were so bad. I think that kind of goes without saying. Lincoln Riley did not coach a great game. Despite the win, 
Lincoln Riley made some mistakes himself that they have to fix and they have to correct. This game between OU and Texas was pretty much what happens when you go to the Waffle House at 3 o'clock in the morning. Uh, That's the type of game this was. This was just wild. This was bizarre. Um, Now, are either one of these teams going to be winning the Big 12 championship? Probably not. But I think that you come away with, if you're OU now, now you got the win against Texas. You, you wanted an overtime like that. You feel confident about your team going forward. You've had that morale boost that you were looking for after that tough stretch of football games that you played uh, at this point going forward. That's what I look at for Oklahoma is uh, where they go from here is it's a big morale boost for this program uh, to get that win. Wasn't pretty. Um, this was this was a lot of bad football, uh, in particular defensively. But at the end of the day, you got to find a way to win. That's what OU did, just that big-time win against Texas there on the road or uh, at, at Red River in Dallas. Other Big 12 action, Iowa State beats Texas Tech 31-15. Brock Purdy, 302 yards, two touchdowns. Brees Hall had a big day as well, 135, two touchdown scores. Iowa State's been a different football team since they lost to Louisiana. They have flipped a switch. Brocktober has arrived, and it has been phenomenal to see what he has done. Um, He's going to be a first-round draft pick, and he's shown it here with the way that he stepped up uh, with that performance against Tech, the come-from-behind win against OU. I like what I've seen from Brock Purdy, Brees Hall. Um, You know, there was so much talk about David Montgomery when he was at Iowa State. I think Brees Hall may even be better than David Montgomery was. And that's saying something. Texas Tech, they got a lot of issues right now, a lot of injuries and such. You know, Bowman, their quarterback was out, some of these other things. Um, they're one and three, and they're struggling. But um, it's not a lack of trying. There's just not a lot going their way. They're facing a lot of odds right now. Um, but I like what I saw from Iowa State uh, getting that uh, victory there. K-State, they knocked off TCU 21-14. to I think Thomas Bridges and I were the only people in America that picked K-State to win this game. Um, you know, you, you heard from some of the experts, the so-called experts were uh, all over Max Duggan and saying, wow, this guy's fixed his problems. You know, he's playing a lot better than what he's been. But, you know, I, I knew the real Max Duggan would eventually show up, and that was the case against uh, K-State. K-State's got a good defense. And, you know, they didn't play well against Arkansas State week one when they were very shorthanded. But since then, that defense has come alive. And we saw it holding TCU to 14 points. TCU deserved to lose simply for wearing those awful uniforms with the red numbers. Red's not even one of their colors. That didn't make any sense. Um, Now, on K-State side of things, you lose Skylar Thompson for the rest of the year which just really sucks. Um, He's a senior now with the way that eligibility is going this year. Eligibility doesn't count towards anybody this season. Um, You know, in in Skyler's case, if he wants to come back and play college football at K-State or anywhere else next year, he still can. Will Howard came in. He ran the ball well. He had like 86 rushing yards. Um, Look, I think that Will Howard's got some potential. I wouldn't write off K-State just because Skylar Thompson's not there anymore. 
I liked what I saw from that defense. I think Will Howard's got some promise here. Um, TCU is a fraud anyway. Um, you know, that's that's. I look at this. K-State, 3-1. and one. Now you move forward with Will Howard. You're confident in your defense. Um, who knows what K-State could do? Maybe this team surprises folks, wins seven or eight games. I want to roll that out. Uh, TCU, it's going to be a long season. I can tell you that right now. Um, Dugan is uh, Duggan, whatever you call him, is uh, not the answer at quarterback for TCU. I can tell you that right now. But there you have it. That is uh, your Big 12 rundown. Looks like this upcoming week, Oklahoma State Baylor is not going to happen. Oklahoma State is the odds-on favorite in the Big 12, and rightfully so. What I want to see, last point in the Big 12, um, as much as this league is a mess uh, right now, the thing that's going to be very interesting to follow is Oklahoma State, once you get Spencer Sanders back, you know, they haven't had him since the first quarter against Tulsa. Um, get all those pieces together with Tylon and Chuba and company, then what's Oklahoma State going to do? They're 3-0 and without their quarterback. Now you actually have the real Oklahoma State with a legit defense there. Let's see. Let's see what happens there with uh, Oklahoma State. So there you have it. That's your uh, rundown of the Big 12 Conference this week. Uh, other games around the country. Clemson made a statement. Um, you know, they were not messing around that game against Miami. People were really pumping up the U as the U back. Uh, Clemson, I think, gets motivated by these teams they face in the ACC that think they're going to challenge them and, uh, you know, just slap them across the head. That's what we saw. Trevor Lawrence, ETN, they were all phenomenal. Great win for Clemson. They're not going anywhere. They're still the team to beat in the ACC by far. Uh, they're not even going to face a challenge, really, till they go up against Notre Dame in South Bend. Um, Alabama and Ole Miss. I was watching this game, and OU Texas Tech broke out. Uh, 63 to 48. I don't ever want to hear Nick Saban or any of these Alabama folks complain about the Big 12 not playing in defense ever again. That was a pitiful defensive showing from Alabama and Ole Miss both. Um, credit to Lane Kiffin. You know, Ole Miss is still a year or two away from competing once they get Lane's talent there and everything, but they are fun to watch. Lane's doing a great job there. Um, Alabama. I think people are going to be quiet about Mac Jones. There were some question marks about how he would be able to replace Tua. He's doing just fine. The offense is not the issue at Alabama. It's clearly the defense. Georgia inserted their will on Tennessee. Uh, this game was kind of close at halftime, but Georgia just made things tough in the second half. Uh, Bennett was fine at quarterback. Uh, that Georgia-Alabama game is going to be something else uh, come this weekend. Florida gets the upset against Texas A&M, uh, or uh, Texas A&M gets the upset against Florida, 41-38. to um, Credit to A&M. You know, we've been giving uh, Jimbo and Kellen Mond and Texas A&M a lot of crap for being overrated and not getting it done in the clutch. This was big time. This was a big win for them uh, to get this on the road, to get this win against a top-four team like Florida. Florida was a team I'm very high on with Kyle Trask and company. Heck, Trask is named after Kyle Field. And, uh, you know, Texas A&M came to play. Uh, they showed up. And so now I think that we might be a little quieter on Mond or Jimbo after getting this win. 
Um, but I, I like what I saw from A&M. You know, that was a heck of an atmosphere, too. There was no way there was just, you know, 15,000 people there. Uh, that was awesome what A&M put together, that win at Kyle Field. Uh, I'm impressed uh, for sure. Notre Dame beat Florida State. This game was close for a while. Notre Dame ultimately too much. They're 3-0, and the uh, Irish are, and they're a physical team. Uh, North Carolina wins uh, 56-45 against Virginia Tech. Not much defense, but Sam Howell was terrific. Um, you know, his name is being brought up among NFL draft boards. He's not eligible for this draft, but he will be next year. Um, his name's been brought up for the Heisman campaign. I'm all in on Sam Howell. Let me buy the Sam Howell stock. Uh, Auburn narrowly beats Arkansas. Arkansas should have won this game. Arkansas, in fact, was robbed from winning this game. That was a fumble clearly recovered by Arkansas. The SEC clearly was doing what they could to help out Auburn uh, to get that win there. I hated it for uh, Arkansas. Uh, Auburn is a fraud. Uh, BYU beats UTSA. BYU's 4-0. I would put BYU right now up against any team in the Big 12 Conference. They're having a heck of a season. And they're still looking for teams and games to play. Uh, Watch out. Hopefully they can get some more opponents and load up that schedule. I would love to see what BYU could do and if they could make some noise in one of those New Year's Six Bowls. Missouri upsets LSU at home. Uh, Miles Brennan did his part. He was awesome. But the rest of his team just blows. My goodness. Uh, Credit to Mizzou getting their first win of the year. Uh, You know, Eli Drinkwitz and company for that offense. I think they found their quarterback as well. I like this Connor Bazelik. Uh, He had four touchdowns over 400 yards. Nice win for Mizzou. LSU's got a lot of problems. Uh, Certainly a rebuild, not a reload year for the Tigers there at LSU. Uh, Last thing before we uh, let you run here, NBA Finals, the... Lakers walk away with the NBA title. Big-time win for LeBron James and company uh, to uh, win this championship, the fourth of LeBron's career. He was named the finals MVP, and rightfully so. He had 28 points, 14 boards, and 10 assists on Sunday night in uh, that win. The Heat, my goodness, they played an awful second quarter and just had no way of coming back after that point, getting outscored by 20 in uh, that uh, second quarter there. Um, But, you know, there's a lot of folks out there that are trying to say that the bubble doesn't count. uh, It doesn't mean much towards LeBron's legacy and all that of winning, you know, this one. It goes with an asterisk and all that. I don't believe that at all. This was a true championship. This was a hard championship to get. I give them credit for, uh, you could argue that this was actually harder to go through the bubble and to play an entire year to get this title. Credit where credit's due to LeBron James and company to get this title and get that finals MVP. Now, what I will say, uh, a couple things. Uh, First off with the Heat, to get this to six games, they played way above their talent. Getting Dragic back in game six, we heard from Spolstra afterwards that, uh, you know, he probably shouldn't have even been playing in the finals. Uh, For them to even get to that point is an accomplishment. Jimmy Butler was just out of his mind the way he played. Some of the best basketball, the best basketball of his career. Um, I give Jimmy credit just for getting there and having that effort. An incredible job by Jimmy Butler in the heat. Um, And Eric Spolstra, it's about time this guy got some respect. Uh, Van Gundy was making some good points during the game as it concluded that, hey, look, 
at uh, at Spolstra. He's been the stability for the Heat. He deserves credit for being there, and they've never doubted him. That they've always, when they've had problems, they've looked within. It hasn't been the coach. The coach has figured things out. And so he and Butler seem to be a match made in heaven. I like what that Miami Heat team is and where they're going. They're not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, now, the legacy thing, I don't like to talk about legacy, um, but I can tell you this. LeBron is still not on MJ's level. He's not close. Um, this is still MJ and then everybody else at this point in time. Credit to LeBron, four titles is a big deal, but let's hold the phone on that. He's not Michael Jordan uh, by any means um, as far as that goes. And that's not taking anything away from LeBron. In fact, I'm giving him even more credit for winning this final in the bubble like he did, but let's not put him in the same sentence as Michael Jordan just yet. Um, And he still could, but he's not there right now. I think also you have to mention, too, that LeBron James... We talked about this on Thursday's show, is that his legacy, too, is that he's responsible for the league taking a massive dip and decline, um, for the league's popularity not being what it once was, that LeBron has made this a niche sport, a niche audience, um, with the way that he's gone about things, the way he's carried himself and turned a lot of people away from professional basketball. A lot of that falls on LeBron James. So, Lakers win the title, fourth for LeBron. Um, You know, what a story for Jeannie and company after 10 years of just frustration to get to this point. Um, But, man, now you go forward, and the Lakers, they'll be the favorites next year. But the NBA, this is as competitive as, as it's been in a long time. I know when you talk about the China issue and some of the other things, the NBA has got some problems to work out with, but as far as the game itself, this is the most competitive it's been in a long time. they got to work out some stuff when it comes to culture and ratings and stuff like that, but the basketball itself is as good as it's been in uh, quite some time. With that being said, we got to run. Uh, subscribe to the show, Apple, Spotify, Google Play. Leave us a five-star review or don't leave us one at all. Uh, Twitter at Tyler Jones Live, at Tyler Jones Media Group, Facebook.com forward slash Tyler Jones Live, uh, Tyler Jones Media Group, Instagram, Tyler Jones Live, Jones underscore report. You can find us there, and we'll see you back here on Thursday for our normal two-plus-hour show. We'll have our O'Connor Advisory Group, Pigskin Pick'em, and uh, we'll also have our Tom Fullery and all that great stuff. Thomas Bridges will be back here as well, and we will see you then. Have a great rest of your Monday, everybody. So long.